0: Well, hello and welcome to episode number 449 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. In this week's show, we've got coffee causing chaos. Yes, that's three C's. Chaotic tweets and crazy passengers. Blimey, there's a lot of C's in that sentence. Uh, In the military this week, we talked to, uh, i talk about the A-10s, U-2s, Apaches, MiG-29s and even a Messerschmitt or two. So, joining me this week across over in the sprawling Buckinghamshire countryside is, of course, the legend that is, BA man, Neville Bounds.
1: Yes, I am back. I have uh, returned from various trips. Uh, Where have I been since I last saw you? Uh, Edinburgh. Very nice, very busy. Um, Quick hop over to Jersey um, to... well... The, the real story was to take Mrs Nev over there for a couple of days, but I also did a quick recce for the um, uh, air display coming up in oh, September, yeah. which Carlos and I will be doing, which will be great. And then I went to Sweden for a few days on business, um, straight after Jersey, actually, so I, I really shouldn't have bothered going home from the airport, <laughs> port, but I thought it, it might be bad form uh, leaving Mrs Nev to find her own way home. So I went, came all the way home, and then got up at three thirty in the morning for a, a seven o'clock departure to Stockholm.
0: Now I know, I know. Nev, you um, you sent me a few pictures last week when you were in Jersey. It did look absolutely
1: stunning. Oh, it was the weather. Honestly, the Channel Islands generally gets weather which is opposite from that of the UK. So if it's nice here. It's not so nice there, and vice versa. And I would think probably Richard Adams in the Isle of Wight would say the same thing. Uh, you've got that sort of microclimate where you've got you know some very, very nice weather. And we had, it, I mean, it could not have been better. It looked like the Mediterranean just looking at the sky. Absolutely beautiful. Um, so that was nice.
0: And actually, on that subject, Neb, about the Jersey Air Show, they've, um, we, we've been noticing, haven't we, over the last sort of uh, week or so, they, they've added some really good uh, acts to this year's uh, air show over in jersey haven't they
1: yes they have um i don't have the list in front of me at the moment but if you look at the jersey international air display uh, page on facebook um they are updating it as they uh, get new acts confirmed um but yeah we're really looking forward to it again and all we hope for is some nice weather mm. um, so I, I can't wait uh, we have got all the flights booked hotels booked rental car booked um, everything's booked, really. Just waiting for September. Just th- waiting for September to,
0: 14th it's to come around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so for those of you who follow us on Facebook on social medias, um, I did put last week uh, the list of the air shows that um, we're attending or the team is attending uh, this year: um, Cosford, Duxford, um, Jersey, obviously, and uh, what was the other one, niv cosford jersey duxford There was another one i think lurking in there uh
1: well. well the norwich uh, the norwich one. that's it
0: yeah the uh yeah. norwich aviation museum uh on our doorstep here are uh, holding a wings and uh, wheels day so we'll be there as well which was uh, if you guys remember was the home of our 100th show we've done our live 100th episode back at norwich about a million years ago when it was really cold, but we'll be back there as well, so if you've not seen uh, the list yet, it is as I said on our Facebook page if you look for plane talking uk you 'll see the list of the bits and pieces we're doing there and I think neb we're going to try and squeeze a few more little extras in at some point
1: during the year aren't we? we're can do some visits to some airfields yeah uh, let's, let's see how we get on but uh, yes that's that's the plan um, so uh, oh is one thing I was going to mention um, of course. When I'm flying, there's normally an incident of some sort, isn't there? <laughs> uh, baggage mishandling or missed take-off slots or, you know, the, the usual business. Well, on this occasion, uh, something new happened, um, the sort of stuff that you see on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Inverted mode. As we mode. pulled on to well a remote stand at Heathrow which is nothing unusual coming back from Stockholm, Marlanda the other day, um, the captain said uh, we'd swipe for some buses would you mind sitting down and keeping your seatbelts fastened? I thought it's a slightly unusual thing to say uh, but we all complied with it but we sat there for about nearly 10 minutes with the buses already there and our seatbelts still on which I thought something's going on here um sure enough the in-flight lead went back into the part of the cabin that i wouldn't normally occupy um and uh asked a gentleman to accompany him to the front of the aircraft which he very you know did in a very compliant way and then the next thing we know two uh, burly fellows from so18 are outside with their handcuffs so18 is the um, uh, heathrow police special operations team um put him in ha- handcuffs, and led him down the steps. So I thought, well, that's a bit of it. That's a bit unusual. <laughs> um, but what was even more unusual is that he was... Uh, with the, obviously, there's now a, um, a bus to take us to the terminal. Um, but he was on the same bus as we were <laughs> as well, so... <laughs> but at least um, the two fellas kept him uh, in check and just, you know, made sure he didn't... Uh, doing things silly but i don't know what it was about i don't know whether it was a passenger disturbance on the plane i don't know whether it was um some kind of passport irregularity or what it was uh didn't seem drunk or anything like that so i don't think it was that but um but yeah, full marks to the airline, British Airways, for getting him off the plane sensibly and also for not having uh, the police actually you know, get onto the aircraft because that's never a, never a good thing when that happens, is it? So the, uh, uh, the cabin crew or the in-flight lead brought this fellow very gently up to the front of the aircraft where he was met by uh, the, uh, the boys in blue. Um,
0: uh, Richard Adams is saying, Nev, he won't try nicking uh, your seat 1A from you again, then. Well, it's a good, you know,
1: it's a reasonable point, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was quite interesting. That's never happened before. Not me. Um, and um, it was quite funny. There was somebody sitting opposite me who was very keen to get off the aircraft. This is before all this happened. And uh, she said, uh, well, why have we parked on a remote stand? She shouts quite loudly to the in-flight lead. And he said, well, because, you know, the the main stands are occupied. Well, when I fly on Virgin, we don't park on a remote stand. (laughs) How I didn't say something, I will never know. But um, (laughs) anyway, I'm sure you do when you're flying Virgin, occasionally park on a remote stand. Anyway, there you go. Uh, So that was my little bit of news from Thursday
0: afternoon. Well, you had at least you had an eventful flight. You've, you've been first hand now, experienced now, about these stories that we cover so frequently on the show.
1: Well, this is why I need to do more flying, so we've got more content for the show. Yeah. Um, so,
0: yeah. Anyway. Anyway, thanks for that, Nev. We need to get you... <laughs> definitely need to get you on a Ryanair flight. We need to get yeah, you on I'll ASAP. Yeah, uh, any Any, um, uh, any um, ideas for where, we want, where you want to send Nev on a Ryanair flight, let us know. Oh, um, podcast dear. Podcast that, planetalkinguk.com. Anyway... <laughs> Cool. <laughs> gonna say a hello to everyone who's joined us in the chat room this evening all the usual wonderful faces in there tonight mazoos hello to you in there joining us tonight uh captain Cruz as well is in arnie carlson's in there he's checked in nice and early today uh we've got dirk s hello to you dirk uh our main man uncle micah he's in there wielding the blue spanner of doom to make sure all lose uh Naughty people get kicked out. Now, uh, Hobby Time. Hello to you, Hobby Time. Good to see you in there as well. We've got Sam Dawson. Hello, Sam. Uh, good to see you in there as well. This is Richard Adams. Hello to you, Richard. Uh, nice to see you as well. Ian. Hello, Ian Acheson. Good to see you as well in there. Bill. Uh, Bill's in there. He's chilling out this evening. Good to see you in there. And uh, Aaron P and Alan White as well Cat Ridiculous Wits is in the chat room Mark Priestley, hello to you sir Uh, make sure I don't miss anyone out no I don't think I've missed anyone out I've missed anyone out Masha hello to you Masha she's in the chat room as well and good evening to everyone who's joined us this evening for the live show Uh, don't forget if you're listening to our voices in the world of YouTube uh, you can go and if you're listening to our voices in the world of iTunes you can uh, check us out on YouTube every every Friday night uh, from seven o'clock here where we'll be uh, bringing you all the latest news and you can join us in the chat room and don't forget to subscribe as well and give us a follow while you're on the YouTube page. Now, Nev, we've got loads of news to get through tonight, haven't we? So um, shall, we, uh, shall we do some I think news? we need to get on with it news a bit sharpish
1: otherwise off. you won't have time for the military, and that would be uh, appalling, wouldn't it?
0: It would be. Well, let's do it. Now we're going to kick off with a uh, first little uh, note here that Armando's put on our show notes for the top of the show tonight. And uh, it's all about mental health. Just a little... uh bit here for for anyone who listens to the show Uh, we always say that aviation is a second family to those of any sort of involvement in it whether you're professional or you only listen to this podcast it's true this week a lot of this family around the world found out about the tragic suicide of a flight attendant in the U.S. We're not going to go into details as we feel it's been highly publicized already but we do want to have just a small chat around mental health and support. There are many organizations helplines available to offer support and guidance for those struggling with mental health difficulties and important to remember that help is available and that you're not alone. Uh, If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health Please do reach out for support. Together, we can create a world where mental health challenges are understood, accepted, and supported. In aviation, in particular, there are huge support networks and resources out there, even focused specifically on particular professions. For cabin crew, uh, the Air Appy is an, a professional non-profit focused to promote and advocate for the mental health of flight attendants. They provide a text line through WhatsApp to anyone in need anonymously. And that's WhatsApp crew, so you can that to uh, plus one, eight, three, three, five, three, two, one, zero, nine, six. And you can see even more uh, resources at uh, all the W's dot getting uh, hair uh, thera- Gettingtherapy.org forward slash resources. Uh, we'll put these notes uh, in the show notes as well for this show. It's okay not to be okay, and seeking support for your mental health struggles is a brave and courageous step. Remember, you're not alone and there are many resources available to you. Whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, or thoughts of suicide or struggles with sexual orientation or identity, substance abuse, or any other mental health challenges, reaching out for help is an act of strength, not weakness. And if you need to reach out to your aviation family, well, we're always here. Uh, In the UK, there's plenty of mental health organizations, uh, including Shout, Uh, which you can text on uh, 85258 there's mental health matters Uh, there's calm as well which i know uh, a very good friend of mine raised a lot of money a few years ago uh, for calm uh papyrus as well and there's also the samaritans here in the uk which most you will have heard of so just a little note there at the top of the show uh, and thanks for armando for putting that together for us uh, this week So, moving on, commercial news this week. First story comes to us from yahoo.com, and uh, this is, uh, well, it's all about pilots on a budget airline grounded after a photo of their cockpit coffee break goes viral and sparks major concerns. So, two pilots working for an Indian budget carrier, Spice Jet, have been grounded after a photo of their coffee break uh, went viral. An image that circulated wildly on social media in recent days showed an uncovered cup with the airline's logo on the side, full of what appears to be either tea or coffee, balanced precariously close to the airplane's control levers. It Also showed one of the pilots holding a grillia, a sweet pastry usually made to celebrate the Festival of Holy, which took place on March the 8th. The second pilot has a pastry balanced on the plane's controls, and the pilot's faces were not shown in the picture. According to Indian media, the picture was taken on board a domestic flight between Delhi and Guwahati last week as the plane was cruising at around 600 miles per hour. On Tuesday, India's aviation regulator, the Directorate General of Civil Aviation, demanded that Spicejet identify the two pilots in the photograph and take action against them. The DGCA's involvement resulted in both pilots being suspended from flying by the airline. The company representative confirmed in a statement to the Times of India that both pilots had been taken off the airline's roster while an inquiry was taken or carried out. Now They said that Spicejet has a strict policy for consumption of food inside the cockpit which is adhered to by all flight crew and the representative said an appropriate disciplinary action would be taken upon completion of the investigation so there's been a few past incidents having liquids so close to an aircraft control system have been found to be hazardous and could damage electronic equipment or even result in engine failure between 2019 and 2022 airbus jets suffered mid-air engine shutdowns and were forced over after drinks were spilled in the cockpit a separate case in 2019 saw a condor flight in germany uh, which was heading to mexico diverted to ireland after a pilot spilled coffee on the aircraft's controls and in 2020 the eu's aviation regulator amended airbus's a350 manuals to include designated liquid free zones who would have someone's made a boo-boo yeah.
1: well you know why post it on social media I mean, it's mad, isn't it? And then, well, better still, don't do it in the first place. Um, what aircraft was it? Was it an Airbus? I think yes, it, was it was a 320. Right. Uh, 320. Yeah, 320. Yeah. Well, it's got a nice table, hasn't it? Why, why put it down by where the uh, engine cutoff switches are and in that sort of quadrant area? It's just ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I mean, these things happen, don't they? But you would have thought that... Um, somebody should have taken a sensible pill somewhere. Um, Mm. Just don't do this stuff because I must say uh, coming back from Stockholm on Thursday, the uh, air was perfectly still and then suddenly we hit quite a lot of lumpy air I would say it didn't last very long but my coffee did go all over the shop um, and I was holding it in, in my hand you know goodness knows what would have happened if it had been you know st- stuck down in where the thr- uh, throttle quadrant is on, on an aircraft for example so
0: yeah do you remember that um, Do you remember that, that story Nev um, it was a, a A330 MRTT the the multi-role tanker transport and that guy the pilot had the camera did you remember reading that story? Oh, yes. And the camera and got knocked down, and yeah. it it restricted the movement of the side stick. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. See, see, even so, not just top drinks and or hot drinks and food. It's um, camera equipment as well. Uh, and if it's seen the size of Nev's camera, then uh, you wouldn't want that stuck down the side of your uh, control. Well, I've, yes,
1: I well, hope you weren't going to mention that, but um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, anyway, Nev, so you've got the next one. Uh, the next story another weird one uh, it's story two so it's ryanair obviously uh, on the independent.co.uk um, and it says ryanair trolls passenger over height in a savage tweet ryanair has trolled a passenger on twitter who appeared to be complaining about the limited leg room on his flight passenger steve Merry posted a picture of his knees pressed against the seat in front with a caption i'm only five foot seven at ryanair Uh, The low-cost carrier retweeted Mr. Merry's post and picked up on him, describing his height in inches rather than feet, due to using a double apostrophe instead of a single one. Oh, (laughs) yeah, the grammar, honestly. Um, Ryanair then cheekily asked, you going to update your Tinder profile then? Uh, The Budget Airlines online innuendo has garnered almost 60,000 likes since it was shared on the 15th of March, and people were quick to comment underneath the sarcastic response. Uh, Clapping back, Mr Murray replied, it's all about personality. We believe you, Steve, Ryanair joked back. In one response, Ryanair's apparent trolling, a user asked, uh, how is this a real company? Because planes came the Ryanair social media's accounts replies. Uh, however, others disputed Mr. Merry's complaint about legroom. I'm five foot ten and I fit perfectly fine in your seats, one user said. But I'm confused. Is that person five inches? They added to which Ryanair replied, "Yes." Another person also made the mistake of confusing the different symbols for feet and inches, saying. I'm six foot three, pal. It's fine. Sit up properly and don't slouch. You'll ruin your back otherwise. Uh, In a Tinder-themed reply, one user pointed out, although he doesn't have room to swipe left. I don't know what that means. Um... (laughs) others appreciated Ryanair's (laughs) Ryanair's sense of humour with one person writing great banter, I'm only here to see Ryanair's social media team having a good time, another added Ryanair is known for its social media sarcasm and has a history of online trolling recent examples include the airline trolling a passenger for complaining about check-in rules in February uh, saying at the time adulting is hard well if I go on a Ryanair flight for the for the show, I'm going to be extremely <sighs> so looking forward to what honestly. I post on social media because I don't want to be the uh, the butt of all these jokes. But yes, the, I must say the social media team at Ryanair a bit. Um, yes, they 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 quite good with their content. Yes.
0: Well, Captain Cruz uh, never said in the chat room. He says I'm six foot five and I don't I don't even sit like that. Uh,
1: this on board mm.
0: Ryanair. No.
1: No. <laughs> no. Excellent. I don't know.
0: Anyway, well, you've, you've got, uh, I'm going to let you do the next story as well, now, main reason being because, well, it's a BA story, and I, I, I just look forward to hearing your take oh, on this story. I, just,
1: I, I, I despair when I, <laughs> when I read about this, and I saw it on Twitter as well. It was just unbelievable. It's on the onemileatatime.com. Uh, headline says, BA passenger angry he wasn't served first. A British Airways premium cabin passenger and elite member recently made headlines after taking to Twitter to express his great displeasure with the airline for serving him second rather than first while seated in the first row of business class. The tweet, which has since been deleted, read, Wow, British Airways, your standards are seriously slipping gold executive club members sitting in 1A and 1C on BA 1466 and your staff elected to serve 1F first. No apology, just oh he was the closest, which he totally wasn't. The race to the bottom has broken your brand. I'm not saying about this at this stage obviously. <clears throat> uh, there are claims online that the person seated in seat 1F had higher status. Than the couple in 1A and 1C, which might actually explain why that passenger was served first. It's worth noting that the passenger's tweet is not an isolated incident. In fact, he made several other complaints during his journey, some of which were even more absurd. For example, he was absolutely furious in the British Airways Concorde Room after allegedly witnessing horrific England-centric bias on show. He complained that the lounge was not showing a football match, because England might lose, accusing the staff (laughs) of conspiring against him. He also claimed that the bartender refused to change the TV channel in the bar and that there were no charging ports on the terrace. Uh, uh, Then it took the staff five minutes to let him into another lounge because he was using an Apple Watch for his boarding pass. And then it took someone 20 minutes to find a remote to change the channel for him. Uh, After receiving widespread criticism on Twitter, not surprisingly, the passenger posted an apology claiming he made an angry and alcohol fueled tweet that was ill-advised and ill-judged. It is a bit of a a half-hearted apology as he apologises for any offence taken and says that uh, he knew what he meant by it. Many of you did not. He acknowledges the privileges he holds and he says he would also... Uh, he would have also piled on if he saw someone else making similar tweets Uh, the passengers complaints have drawn uh, widespread widespread criticism online with many questioning his sense of entitlement and his behavior towards the airline staff some have even called for him to be banned from flying from british airways altogether and the incident highlights the importance of proper etiquette and decorum especially when dealing with airline staff and the need to be mindful of one's behavior in public it also highlights the need for companies to have clear policies in place for dealing with entitled or abusive customers to ensure that their employees are protected and that their brand image is not tarnished by the actions of a few so
0: when you're in when you're in the all business class section on the say the 320 nev and you've got
1: How many in that section of seats? Well, there's four. There's, uh, well, in the front row where he's talking about, uh, there's one A, one C, um, one D, and one F. But is there,
0: um, so you've got your status, uh, what are you, gold? Is it gold? Yes. So you've got your gold status, and then the the person sitting next, in the next, you know, across from you in one, you know, D has got hasn't got gold status, but brought up a, a business class ticket and they got, is there, is there a serve and first kind of
1: protocol with, within? I don't think there is. No. I I think that it's just whatever, if you're left-handed or right-handed, perhaps if you're a cabin crew, uh, sometimes easier to serve people right next to you or by the window on the other side. And it really doesn't matter at the end of the day, does it? It really doesn't matter. And, um, Yes, he's a bit of a silly chap, I think we'll say, uh, mm. for for going at it the way he did. And then, once again, doing it on social media. And clearly, from what he says, he's uh, had too much alcohol as well. So, um, But talking to the crew as I do from time to time, um, this sort of thing is far too common. Uh, and I do not envy the cabin crew at all. In these situations, um, you know they, they work extremely long days. I mean, the whole flight deck crew and the cabin crew do, and they're not there to um, to take all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are there to help you in an emergency uh, exit the aircraft um, and keep um, people, you know, behaving sensibly on the aircraft as well. So, um, yeah, it's uh, well another salutary lesson, isn't it? But uh, unfortunately, social media. Um, this is another case for you know why it's not good to post stuff on social media sometimes
0: no i mean i do have an angry tweet every now and again it's it's mostly to highways agency
1: (laughs) well yes i mean that's quite justified in my opinion (laughs) Uh, i'm presuming you're talking about potholes in the road and
0: oh it's it's potholes in the road it's mostly about the fact that they just tend to whack up a load of roadworks on some of the biggest network roads in the uk Mm. and then just just disappear yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> anyway moving on to the next story and this comes from flight global and um actually brings back some memories for me this does of because uh, i've flown on these guys um this is a crew hurry sighted twin after twin uh, otter seaplane hits villa during aborted takeoff a moldavian uh, investigators believe time pressures Contributed to an accident which, in which a Viking Air DH 6300 Twin Otter seaplane collided with accommodation structures after aborting a takeoff. The crew of the Trans Moldavian Airways or TMA turboprop operating a charter flight from Kanfushi Island to Valina Airport had decided to take off from a lagoon in a northwest direction despite there being a line of villas ahead. The direction had been chosen after the captain considered that uh, although the wind favoured for a takeoff to the west, he didn't want to depart towards the island. The intention was to turn away uh, to the right after becoming airborne to avoiding uh, avoid the seven metre tall villas, which were around 690 metres in the distance. Investigators state that the crew had the option of other paths for takeoff, including moving further northeast before lining up which would have ensured clearance. It points out uh, that the pilots had strong concerns about completing the final scheduled flight from Velena to Ragali uh, before the end of the twilight on that day on the 13th of November, 2021, and were aware as well of potential weather reported delays. The inquiry refers to a hurry-up syndrome and says it contributed to the accident and was highly likely. Uh, analysis shows the takeoff run was longer than expected, and although the aircraft the uh, registration 8 Quebec Mike Bravo Charlie became momentarily airborne it settled back down onto the water 230 meters from the villas The crew decided to abort the departure but could not move the throttle levers to the reverse position and momentum uh, made it strike two of the water villas and sustained damage to the left wing and right-hand propeller and right wingtip. The wooden villas also sustained structural damage but none of the 15 passengers and crew were injured. Neither flight data nor cockpit voice recorders were installed on the Twin Otter nor were they required but certain flight and engine data was captured from the avionics suite while the air crew was unable to engage reverse after aborting the takeoff. The investigators found no mechanical malfunction in the throttle levers. But the inquiry found the propellers were operating below maximum, indicating the levers were not fully forward. According to a, pr- a cautionary note, the carrier's operations manual reverse power cannot be applied unless both propeller levers are in a full forward position. Uh, the propeller levers may have moved back during the aircraft uh, bumping on the waves during the takeoff run in the weather, it states. Recommendations from the Maldives Accident Investigation Coordinating Committee say that the regulators should re-examine the criteria for carrying flight recorders on aircraft with more than nine passengers. This incident... Uh, has um, in mind of the averting feathering the props with the ATR 72 that we recently uh, covered in the show, uh, the one that crashed in the pool where the flight crew may have accidentally the th- accessed the feathering lever rather or accessed the feathering leather rather than the flaps lever. Now we've got some pictures to pop up on the screen for those of you watching the world of YouTube of uh, said aircraft there we go, the uh, TMA um, twin prop otter there sort of like um, i mean for me if i was in that villa i I wouldn't mind the view to be fair that's not a bad view
1: i might be um, finishing my gin and tonic a bit sharpish though mm.
0: Uh. (laughs) hmm yeah it's uh i i mean i was i was lucky enough when we went when we had our honeymoon i um we flew on a tma Um, Otter from the uh, Mali airport in Mali across to the island and it's a hell of an experience Nev, so good Mm. but uh, it's strange because the throttles are up here above their heads on on the aircraft so you've got to be quite uh, a hell of a pilot to fly that but I'll never forget looking down and seeing both the pilots um, flying the aircraft in bare feet (laughs) that's quite, (laughs) quite a sight I tell you Nev, it really is good
1: so is that, no, they spilt, spilt the drinks on their socks.
0: Think, well, yeah. To be like, fair, with the amount of, mechan- the amount of mechanical um, stuff that's in those aircraft, there's, you know, there's not a huge, there's not like a glass uh, cockpit and um, no. all the rest of it. nose. <laughs> I don't think it matter much the, with all the sea water that kind of sprays in it around there. But oh, um, yeah. there is, a, I mean, I'll tell you what, if 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 if. Um, you know if i if i was a pilot and i was like retiring from the airlines i think that would be an absolutely fantastic job to get flying around those little air uh, um, islands out in the maldives because it's yes, just a stunning so stunning
1: proper flying isn't it mm. yeah
0: absolutely so now you've got the next story and uh, this is something that should have happened a long while ago
1: well this is a real surprise to me i've got to say it's on flightglobal.com Um, And it says uh, the FAA moves to require 25 hours of cockpit voice recording. Well, the FAA in the US has moved to extend the required timeframe for cockpit voice recordings to be preserved from 2 hours to 25 hours in response to recent runway incursion incidents. Uh, The FAA held a safety summit in Washington DC to discuss additional actions needed to maintain aviation safety. At the event on march the 15th the ntsb recommended extending the limit to 25 hours and the faa is committed to addressing this recommendation ntsb chairman jennifer homady praised the move as a win for safety noting that europe has mandated the 25-hour rule for a year Uh, the ntsb and faa are investigating multiple closed calls at u.s airports this year uh, she said that six critical safety incidents uh, this year involving large commercial aircraft have one thing in common, that cockpit voice recorders were all overwritten. Now, back in the day uh, when it was endless loop tapes in there, um, a bit like you would have um, as a cartridge machine you know, in, for playing radio jingles back in the day um obviously there was a limited amount of time that you or tape you could have in there but it's all digital now and um you know the, the the cost of electronics is relatively cheap even with airline specification stuff and i'm amazed that this hasn't been done years ago let alone europe adopting it a year ago this this should have been done a very very long time ago because so often when i'm reading aaib AI, reports or ntsb reports so often, the full story isn't available because the cockpit voice recorder has been overwritten um, because it only has a two hour limit. Um, I just find it astounding. Um, they go to the bother of putting CVRs in there. Why not have them running for a proper amount of time, hmm. bearing in mind the electronics and the, the chipsets are there to do it?
0: Do you think there'll be a day, Nev, come that they'll have the technology to, to record? this kind of data on a cloud-based system, rather than recording onto a box within the aircraft, to just have a system that constantly streams data to a cloud, either through satellite or something where the...
1: Well, you know, you know if, if you think about how the engines work, uh, the, most engine manufacturers have the engines reporting data back to their HQ, whether it's Rolls-Royce or Pratt & Whitney or whoever it is, um, actually in, in, you know, live data during the flight um frankly speaking audio is 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 not high bandwidth stuff you know you could you could put a um a decent amount of stuff on board the aircraft um and at least you would be able to interrogate it when it got back as you say maybe some streaming stuff as well but it's just astounding it's not there isn't it
0: Mm. yeah i don't know why this hasn't been Brought in yeah, or have some sort of system in place where this, this, this is happening now, where all commercial airliners would have some sort of device on that just streamed the, the, the CBL or, or the uh, FDR data to a like a you know, like I say, an online cloud system that could just be accessed as and when. Because I tell you what, if that if they would have had that when um, MH370 went down, you know, it would have
1: probably have solved a lot of questions. Bill mentions that in the chat room, absolutely, yeah, yeah, mm. dead right. Um, so, but uh, no, just things that we all kind of assumed people, you know, had, but they don't. But I'm glad that they're going to, you know, um, put put a stop to it and actually put some proper capacity recording on board.
0: You know, Mike says in the chat. He says there are places in the world where there is no, there is not connectivity. But um, that one of the things that does amaze me Nev, is that you can still go to certain places here in the UK and have absolutely zero phone
1: coverage on any network yes no it's but yeah absolutely (laughs) um but in in terms of the you know having on board recorders um it's it's not a difficult thing to do isn't it Mm. even with airline specifications
0: it's the weight nev they don't want
1: that extra two kilos well I'll I'll leave it there. I was going to say something highly <laughs> controversial,
0: but I, I I won't. Oh no! We uh, you know we're not scrapping the caviar in in one a Nev. Anyway, next story: simple flying. This one, and uh, we've we've been. I tell you what, we've seen it bounce up and down, or bounce around the A380 stories all the all the time on the show, Nev. Uh, the one minute they're going, next minute they're being cut up, and the next minute they're back in the air. Uh, Lufthansa confirms the A380 will fly to JFK and Boston. Uh, Lufthansa announced this week it will resume its regular flight operations with the Superjumbo Airbus A380 beginning on June the 1st uh, this year after an interruption of the three years due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The German carrier will deploy the popular 380s on routes uh, to Boston and New York. So beginning on the 1st of June, Lufthansa uh, will resume its regular operations um, from uh, Munich International to Boston. Uh, It will be operated under flight number LH424, the airline said. Additionally, just in time for Independence Day in the US, uh, the 380 with flight number LH410 will start taking off daily, uh, heading for New York's JFK uh, Airport Uh, Lufthansa had a fleet of 14 A380s and the superjets uh, have been parked and stored for the last three years Uh, Lufthansa uh, was storing its 380s in the desert and was close to retiring them uh, for the good uh, for good last year. And six were sold during the pandemic. Of the eight remaining uh, 380s, the German airline has decided to bring them back in time for the summer 2023 season. As demand travel peaks, a total of four A380s uh, will be stationed in Munich by the end of the year. And Lufthansa's 380s have the capacity to carry 509 passengers in a four-class configuration. The aircraft have uh, eight first-class open suites, 78 business-flat uh, lie-flat seats, 52 premium and 371 standard economy seats. And by employing the Airbus, the 380, Lufthansa will be able to offer 80% more capacity on the Munich to New York routes compared uh, to the A340-600 currently in use. And Lufthansa has announced that the bookings to travel on board its largest aircraft will be available as of the 23rd of March, which was, what was that yesterday, wasn't it, 23rd? Yeah, no, yesterday. Yeah. So at least you can say now, Nev, that you have actually travelled uh, on the three hundred and eighty.
1: Yes, and I'm glad that Lufthansa are going to use it as well, especially on the uh, North Atlantic route. That's that's good to hear. Um, yeah, I think that there's well, I, from the people that I speak to, um, they have said it is a you know a, a popular aircraft. Pe- people like flying it, and even in the um, you know the economy the standard economy and the premium economy seats, uh, people were saying what a, what a pleasant aircraft it is. So let's hope they can get the load factors, mm. because you can't operate an A380. <laughs> in, anyhow. No.
0: You think BA are going to keep airs for the considerable Oh,
1: footage. I think, yeah, I, th- I think now, though, because they've got all 12 of them back, so I, I think they're going to make the most of it um, employing them on those, you know, potential high-density routes. I mean, I was surprised that um, our A380 going to Dallas was uh, was almost full, um, certainly judging by the, uh, the take-off role, uh, it would appear to be. Um, so that that was really encouraging, but I just hope that those... The, those routes like the, you know, the JFKs, the Bostons, mm. uh, perhaps the Washington routes as well, will also be op- uh, operated by these aircraft. But um, no, I, I really do hope that they, they go on for uh, a long time and that the manufacturers continue to make the spares available and affordable, unlike another aircraft which is no longer flying.
0: Yes. But let's not go there. I'll tell you what is on my bucket list, Nev, of uh, on my to-do list. I want to do mm. before they disappear, which I don't think they will soon. But I really want to try the Dash Eight, the Seven Four. Yes, yes. Because Lufthansa have got those, and I, I think have. that is yeah. probably our only option in this neck of the woods in the world to to fly the Dash Eight. Because mm. I think they they're the only one, they're the only uh, they're the only airline our side of the uh, world which uh, fly the Dash Eight as a as a passenger aircraft, don't they?
1: Yes, of course. The last seven four seven we went on ever was the flight back from Dubai, wasn't it?
0: Mm, yeah, on the four dash four hundred.
1: On dash four hundred. Yeah. I, I just want to
0: see how how good the dash eight is. If it is, they mm. say it's a lot quieter, and um, it'd be interesting because we've got that comparison now because we've both flown on the dash four hundred yeah. to see what the, uh, the dash eight um, is is like. Yeah. So, from a 7-4, chatting about 7 four sevens, uh, Nev, uh, if you want to take the next one over on skynews.com, this is, uh, this is rather worrying news.
1: Well, yeah, uh, the headline is Virgin Orbit plans for insolvency amid rescue talks with investors. Well, as you probably know, uh, Virgin Orbit, which is a commercial satellite venture, Founded by Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Group has begun making contingency plans for insolvency due to its poor finances. The company is working with two restructuring firms to prepare fallback plans in case it cannot secure new funding. Virgin Orbit's shares have plummeted in value following the failure of its inaugural British mission in January. Despite continuing talks with a small number of prospective investors about funding, the company is in a liquidity crisis. It's understood to be aiming to secure additional capital during the course of this week. Uh, Virgin Orbit has made four successful missions, launching 33 satellites to their desired orbit. Uh, the company was established in 2017 with a focus on operating launch missions for small commercial satellites from an adapted virgin atlantic boeing 747 aircraft the company is 75 percent owned by sir richards holding company and its shares are listed on the nasdaq exchange in new york it went public by way of a merger with a special purpose acquisition company in the three point seven billion dollar deal in two thousand and twenty one however now its listed shares are valued at just two hundred and seventeen million dollars Dan Hart who's a former Boeing executive and now the chief executive of virgin orbit has been hoping to launch a further mission in the coming weeks but that prospect is remote unless the company can secure new capital despite the company's financial difficulties virgin orbit orbit is confident it is taking decisive action to protect employees and assets whilst it evaluates alternative options oh dear well space is difficult isn't it i think people would have to say that mm. and the trouble is that the the risk of failure is uh, on on this sort of stuff it is always always there isn't it and of course it's um i wouldn't like to be the insurance company would you I wonder what the premiums are like for these sorts of uh, missions um but it's not just that obviously it's the people that work there and the 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 months and years that have gone into the preparation of launching these things and constructing the satellites that, that go into them as well. When you look at
0: all the hype, Nev, on the, um, on the TV when they, were, you know, when they obviously had that failed attempt a few months back, all the hype and everything and all the excitement and stuff, and
1: now you read this. I know. Absolutely horrific. Mm. Uh, all we can wish for is that they get some success from it. Um, because also, uh, it really put Newquay Airport on the map as well um mm. so but yeah it's um i don't know well fingers crossed I, I hope um i hope that some good comes out of this and they can find uh, new investors and, and a new commercial situation in this
0: yeah well next story uh, comes to us from aviationweek.com and uh, well, I think they 're getting desperate Nev uh, Russia allocates four billion dollars to buy Western jets from some leases. Uh, The Russian government has allocated around $4 billion to help uh, local airlines buy Western-made commercial aircraft leased from foreign companies. Western sanctions against Russia caused uh, leases to terminate leasing agreements with Russian customers so Russia blocked its airlines from returning leased aircraft and instead re-registered them locally. Uh, Aeroflot has used some of the government's money to acquire 10 777-300ER Y bodies and 8 leased A330 Y bodies, according to Transport Minister Vitaly Salyev. Almost half of the Russian commercial fleet, Uh, 595 aircraft out of 1,297 is still owned by foreign leasers. Uh, the average age of the Russian-operated Western-made fleet now stands at 15 years old. A bit different to their own aircraft, eh, hey, Their Russian aircraft. Um, most of the Western aircraft operating in Russia today have double registrations, which prevents them from flying on most international services. Gaining ownership would allow them to uh, allow the Russian carriers to legally delist the aircraft uh, from foreign registries, and the funds are expected to be borrowed from the national wealth fund.
1: So, <sighs> well, this this was I knew they'd, was I knew they'd find a
0: way around it some way, Nev. <laughs>
1: this was always going to be the thing wasn't it with um airbus and boeing um not being able to supply parts and maintenance here um so yeah um well this is going to go on for, isn't it for for some time um it's all very well buying the aircraft or, or leasing the aircraft um but you know this stuff doesn't run itself yeah, um you've got to maintain it, these things and it needs the Manufacturer support, isn't that and parts um, or, or, or third party support mm. and parts? And yeah, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna end up
0: uh, digging out some of the old TU 134s, Nev, from the uh, from the boneyards over well,
1: there. Well, you, you never know, are oh, the old Smokey Joes, yes, the
0: smokies, yeah, or well, the the Aleutian 76 cork and with the Aleutians yes anyway you went on a
1: tu-134 i
0: did what, your, that one was first trips? My, one of my very first trips on a commercial airline i was on board a tu-134a with an airline called aviogenics flying Gosh. from gatwick to yugoslavia oh my word yeah that was uh quite a few years ago nev Many, fo- I still have very, very, very many fond memories of that uh, of that flight. Well, I'm well. glad
1: you're here to tell the tale. That's the main thing, you know.
0: Yes, fly <laughs> <Blimey>. me. <laughs> I still can't. It, do you want know Nev? It still, it still had. You know, though, because they were obviously um, converted from from ex, um, you know, surveillance bomber, military kind of yeah. stuff. Had the glass windows in the, in the nose cone. You know where the bomber used to oh, sit yes. in there yeah. yeah that was that was like that, oh, that that's to think how old i must have been then i'd probably have been less than 10 years old nev mm. yeah would have been yeah less than 10. anyway nev you have got the next story um from uh, airliner watch uh, all about uh, delta
1: Yes, I don't know, actually, is Armando got some audio with this? I have none loaded in the system, Nev. (laughs) In that case, then I shall read it (laughs) verbatim. (laughs) Uh, From, yes, as Carlos says, airlinerwatch.com. Delta Airlines has teamed up with Skyborne, a UK-based flight training academy to establish a pilot training programme aimed at producing qualified commercial pilots. The programme, which was set to commence in 2022, will offer students access to Delta's pilot career path programme, which guarantees employment opportunities following the successful completing of the training. Uh, The programme will be based at Skyborne's training facility in Vero Beach, Florida, and is designed to equip aspiring pilots with the necessary knowledge and expertise to become proficient commercial pilots. Programme which will provide uh, aspiring pilots with the chance to apply for financial support of up to $20,000, aimed at attracting a more diverse set of candidates. However, the financial support will cover only a portion of the overall cost of obtaining the necessary pilot certificates. After completing the flight training, successful candidates will be employed by Skyborne. where they will accrue 1,500 hours of flight time, a requirement for commercial pilots in the US. Uh, Once they have met the flight time requirements, the candidates will be eligible to apply for first officer positions at one of Delta's regional carrier partners. The program aims to equip individuals with the skills and experience needed to become successful commercial pilots, whilst also fostering a diverse and inclusive workforce. In 2021, the UK-headquartered Skyborne Airline Academy opened its first US-based flight training centre in Florida. Why don't we have this here, Nev? I know, mad, isn't it? <sighs> Honestly, with don't the get it
0: with all the young people now here in the UK and, and and I I know at least two myself who would love to uh, to to sort of try something like this but don't have the funds to go into flight training all the rest of it and stuff you know why we, why don't we have that in, this, in, the, in the UK these are go.
1: questions that I have no answer to mate I'm afraid
0: you guys over in the US you have all the best stuff <laughs> just saying yeah. <laughs> including the weather um well but yeah i, I, this, this, I mean can, what we need nev is 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 like uh ryan aries or even ba didn't didn't ba do some, co- some kind, kind of um
1: i'm sure ba done a lot of training um well
0: yes years ago back in the day yeah
1: i mean but i think long gone are the days of um you know airline sponsored Mm. training programs um, oh i'll
0: tell you who did nev Mm. jet 2 oh right okay yeah jet 2 done like a a, a Mm. sponsored kind of training thing um to fly the 73s the the dash 800s that they've got yeah i'm pretty sure jet 2 did yeah but um and i think you were tied to the airline for four or five years i think you know so anyway next story And uh, airlinerwatch.com, this comes from Wizz Air, set to expand fleet and targets growth in the Middle East. Uh, Wizz Air president um, Robert Carey revealed plans this week for the European budget carrier to grow its fleet to more than 200 aircraft in the coming year and 500 by 2030. Uh, Carry also highlighted the potential for growth in the Middle East, while noting that the airline is content with its current presence in the Western market. Air aims to become the first and the only ultra-low-cost carrier to serve in the Middle East, and the company is likewise preparing to expand its service in Abu Dhabi. Uh, this summer as well as a double the number of its routes it operates into Saudi Arabia from 12 to 24. The European operator has recently announced plans to increase the number of flights to multiple European destinations from Budapest such as Barcelona, Napoli, Bali, uh, Rome, Berlin and Dubai and this year Wizz Air anticipates 43 million passengers uh, from uh, Budapest. Uh, initially, Wizz Air's primary operations were based in Central and Eastern Europe, but the airline now holds an air operator certificate in the UK, besides Hungary. Yeah, I, I saw this actually news story. I, I, I'm intrigued to uh, to find out, Nev, how much um, you know Wizz are charging for their flights to to uh, to the Middle East.
1: They're, they're certainly becoming a very successful operation, aren't they? Um, Although they,
0: they had a bit of a grilling, didn't they, in, the, in a recent uh, poll, customer service poll, I think, we did, didn't they?
1: I think that it, there is some inevitability, isn't there? That mm. the, the, Well, a bit like Ryanair back in the day, you know, when they're operating, operating so many sectors with very full aircraft, which is obviously great, they have to do that for the commercial viability of the whole thing. But, um, yeah, y- y- there's going to be things that, that go wrong from time to time, and good old social media will be out there, you know, they're doing the usual business, but um, no, I mean that they're, they're certainly it's worked out very well for them, isn't it? And it's great to see that there's uh, there's more routes and more uh, more operations. Hmm. Brilliant.
0: Now Nev, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we, when we started the show about uh, incidents? We hadn't heard of any incidents oh. that uh, have happened, but Nev, uh, you've got a story here from the nypost.com about another incident. Yes.
1: Well. Uh, excuse the slightly bombastic language that, that's used in 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 this article it's a bit um a bit <laughs> full on but let's let, let's see how we get on with it anyway um it's from the new york post as you say carlos and uh, it says a southwest airlines jet came within 200 feet of slamming into an ambulance crossing the runway as it took off at baltimore's airport once uh, one in a series of terrifyingly close calls across the US. The Aircraft Rescue and Firefighting or ARF uh, vehicle crossed runway 15 right at Baltimore, Washington International, also called Marshall Airport without authorization on January the 12th. Um, The Southwest Boeing 737 had just been cleared for takeoff from the same runway and missed the ambulance by less than half the length of a football field, uh, field. The outlet reported the closest estimated horizontal separation occurred at a distance of 173 feet the faa said in new analysis of the harrowing incident uh, the aft driver was told to ha- hold short of the runway but read back the instruction as r439 crossing runway 10 and 15 right the, con- the controller did not catch the readback error According to the FAA, newly released recordings captured the alarmed controller informing the aft driver of his mistake. "R439, you were supposed to hold short of runway 15 right," the controller said. By that time. Vehicle had crossed the runway and was on an adjacent taxiway as the plane continued its takeoff roll and departed. An airport spokesman confirmed that the vehicle crossed the runway without air traffic control authorization. The air traffic controller instructed the ARF vehicle to hold short of the runway, and the rep told DC News Now in a statement. At the airport Fully cooperated and shared information with the FAA regarding the incident. Based on the review of the incident, new procedures were immediately implemented to help ensure safety and to prevent a similar incident in the future. Safety and security remain the highest priorities for BWI Marshall Airport, the spokesperson added. An airline spokesman said in the statement that Southwest adheres to air traffic control directions at all times, and our crew did in this scenario too. Uh, The FAA has four levels of severity for runway incursions, Uh, A, B, C and D, based on the level of severity. Well, the incident at BWI was ranked as a category B. The ambulance driver mistakenly read back that he was cleared to cross both runways. The controller didn't catch the error according to the FAA. Category B is an incident in which separation decreases and there is a significant potential for collision, which may result in a time critical corrective or evasive response to avoid a collision, according to the FAA. A close call came to light after the FAA held an emergency summit last week in McLean, Virginia, to address a series of recently recent safety incidents and near misses. There uh, have been at least seven other close calls nationwide since December uh there is no question that aviation is amazingly safe but vigilance can never take the day off says uh, acting faa administrator billy nolan in a statement after the meeting we must ask ourselves difficult and sometimes uncomfortable questions even when we are confident that the system is sound he said carlos what do you think about that
0: well we've like i said at the start of the show we've been seeing these things be reported quite a lot in the in the past few months we've been talking about them on the show for quite some time now but you have to ask right we've been doing this for a number of years now well a few years haven't we been doing this for a few years and all of a sudden as i said in the last few months we are getting constant reports of these things happening um you know over in the u.s do you think they're do you think they're happening regularly anyway but a lot of them don't get reported or do you think that things are um there is an issue and that you know these are happening now more than they ever used to before
1: it's difficult to say isn't it because we don't know we don't have all the information Hmm. um all i would say though um and i'm sure i'm gonna get shot down in flames for this (laughs) everybody needs to slow it down the 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 transmissions, the, the receptions, all of it, are with ATC. This is how mistakes are made. And you've just got to listen to some of the YouTube clips of some of the controllers and some of the pilots. Now, they're all very professional, and they, they're doing a great job. But honestly, why not just slow it down a little bit, especially if the uh, aircraft involved is not um, a U.S. carrier? especially where English is not their first language. Mm. But even if it is, still slow it down a bit, just a little bit, and that might make the difference. Now, I'm not an expert in human factors or anything like that, but it just strikes me that there is, right there, there is the potential for confusion, misunderstanding, and talking over each other, where you've got two mics keyed up at once and a clearance or readback is missed.
0: You've probably done it as many times as I have now, but you've, you've, um, well, we've all got the access to liveatc.net. And if anyone has ever, um, either on your web browser, you can also, I think you can actually get an app as well on your phone, smartphone, um, you can get uh, listen to live atc. you can actually listen to like boston and jfk and you can listen to the approach and the and the tower frequencies on there. and sometimes you listen to them. and I've listened to them, I listen to them quite a bit. um especially if I'm stalking Armando, obviously when I'm tracking Armando and listening to um to hear his voice over the airwaves. but they some of the controllers they are like um what we would call like the the guys on the rostrums nev at the auction houses, you know, with a and I think, you know, <laughs> I'm struggling to keep up here, and yeah. they, they are literally breaking from one transmission to another, boom, 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 all the time. And then you get the contrast with some of the other, some of the airports over in the U.S., where you can listen to them on live ATC as well, and they're they're as laid back as you as you can possibly get, you know loads of time
1: yeah i am not for one moment suggesting that i would be able to tell any pilot or any air traffic controller the best way of doing rt but i just think slowing it down a little bit might help slow it down slow it down uh now as we've been talking um we've been joined by another guest presenter oh you might have seen him on the show previously um and he he's been helping us with stories and doing a lot of research for us as well our latest member of the team on, and he's back on the show again hi nick, nick.
2: hello evening everybody how are you all good
1: yeah. all good all gamey, yeah okay we are um, good yeah. thank you happy, very much
2: happy to be along and uh, yeah it's uh yeah it's been been a busy old week and um we've had to a, a good uh good crop of stories this week i think
1: yeah we're not short yeah. of material that, that's for sure what, what do you think about this uh these runway incursions that we've been uh hearing about over the last uh few weeks and months
2: well i have to wonder whether some of what we're hearing is it's because they've been happening we've maybe been hearing about others that perhaps we might not have heard about um so for example this the incident with with the ambulance it was yeah, I mean, yes, it was somewhere it shouldn't have been. Um, in reality, it was quite a long way from from the aircraft. Um, obviously, we would like for the incident not to have occurred at all. Um, but yeah, we do we do have to wonder whether we are hearing about more of these than we, we mm-hmm. might have otherwise done. Um, that said, you know, clearly there there have been some some really serious, high-profile events that have occurred.
0: You notice how we don't seem to have a stack of these kind of stories come from from UK. I, mean, I know before everyone jumps on the, the on my on my back here. I know the airports here in the UK, even Heathrow, aren't are not as busy as some of the airports in the US. But Heathrow is a blooming busy airport. We must, yeah, you know, we can all agree there. If you've ever if you've ever stood. Um, near the renaissance hotel where we had our our 300th all those years ago you know the, the, when you look up at the sky you've got a constant line of aircraft that are coming in to, to approach on onto the runway uh, at heathrow but you know we don't I mean, how many stories have we covered about of these kind of things from from uk airports we haven't have we
1: hmm. No, and, uh, it, but it, as you say, it is a very different operation. You know, mm. we, we've got two parallel runways and, and they are well occupied, and don't get me wrong, but, mm. you know, in the US, you've got four, five, six, seven runways, uh, sometimes uh, different controllers controlling different parts of the airport and unfamiliar people with the airport as well. But um, I think a lot of... Um, crews now talk about threat and error management on the flight deck and I wonder whether the ATCers do that as well I'm, I'm sure they they do but it's be interesting to hear about what what their take on it if only we knew a good ATC-er Carlos
0: we <laughs> could speak to do him you know an ATC mm. guy
1: mm. Let's uh, let's see what mm, we can do so we right. can do Yeah. yeah
0: so time to move on to the next part of the show, and it's captioned this time. Oh, yes. uh, I'll look at a uh, uh, funny picture that we post on our Facebook page on a Wednesday, and uh, we try and pick an aviation-related picture. We pop it up on our Facebook page and uh, leave you guys and girls to comment. Leave your wittiest comment on there. Uh, I'm going to pop the picture up for those of you watching in the world of YouTube. And uh, Nev, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, a brief description of uh, what's going on here.
1: Well, yes. Clearly, uh, there is a, a queue for uh, door one L. I would imagine. Uh, but there's no aircraft, um, so there's <laughs> a, about uh, what 40 people on that uh, uh, set of stairs leading up to the aircraft, but no aircraft. But they're all keen to to board something. <laughs> so uh, we had
0: some comments, didn't we, Nev, on in the world of uh, Facebook this week. We had, it's quite yes. it's quite a popular. Um, it was. Picture yeah. this week, I will yeah. say, uh, I'm going ki- to I'm going to kick off um, with this beautiful beautiful young lady here who's commented here, uh, young lady by the name of Sue Bounds. Um, she's oh, uh, oh you, you no know enough? No, not okay. Uh, she has <laughs> said, "The original Stairway to Heaven."
1: She said, Oh very good, very good." Uh, Neil Draper, a uh, good friend of the programme. Uh, PTUK launch new stealth bomber passenger flights.
0: <laughs> like it. Uh, we've got uh, Nicholas Coddling. I don't know who that chap is. Captain Jeff, uh, Captain Jeff, the chief pilot wants to talk to you about your taxiing
1: speeds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um... What do we else have got here? Uh, yes, yeah, Stephen says, uh, low-cost carrier. These are the guys that missed the add-on option for the plane. This is the cue to beat Nev to one Alpha. Uh,
0: this one from uh, John. I oh, absolutely... This is one of my favourites from John. Uh, because I'm a, I'm a Trek fan, Star Trek fan. He says, uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard informs the ground handlers and the tower that they are unable to turn
1: off the cloaking device. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, like it. Uh, Bill says uh, Ryanair tries more rapid boarding processes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, Sturman, uh, one of our regular chat room members, Sturman has uh, he's put first one on board gets one A, and he's got, he's took a little pic- he's he's screen grabbed that picture and he's put a little na- an arrow uh,
1: with Nev for the first person at the top of those stairs. Nev, I'm like that. Oh, yes. Good. And uh, finally, Mike Williams says Ryanair keeps going to increasingly more extreme measures to turn flights around more quickly.
0: Actually, I'm going to to quickly put this one in as well um, from uh, Biff, Michael Biff, who's, uh, this is quite good Nev. After three months, some southwest passengers had started to wonder if the IT problems really had been sorted. Oh. Very yeah. good, very good. Well, they're not the only good airline
1: one. with IT problems, are they? That's for sure. That's
0: a... Very good, uh, guys and girls. I'm going to just have a look in the chat room quickly, see if it, is there any, anyone's in the chat room we've got here. Um, uh, Rich Adams says, Led Zeppelin fans arrived early for their road trip. Uh, <laughs> Captain Cruz, first flight of Vanish Air. It's entirely booked out. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. Mazuse, Mazuse, uh comes up with a with a classic song actually we're on the road to
1: nowhere
0: like that one uh what's that one from mark can you say that one from mark priestley um there in the chat room
1: yes he says your last chance to get into the uk from france <laughs> oh dear That's slightly controversial mark. naughty <laughs> very naughty <laughs> Oh, my word. Thank you
0: for all those comments uh, in the chat room and uh, also our comments on social media this week. Thanks to everyone. Uh, Don't forget, if you want to be uh, in with a chance of uh, having your witty comment read out on the show, give our socials a look on Facebook on a Wednesday when I'll be popping up a little picture of, uh, well, a picture of some aviation fun. But, uh, ah, yes, so we have got some... um, military news this week haven't we as well should
1: we get uh nick to give us a hand with some of this do you think would, he, would you like to do that nick
0: yes
2: absolutely happy to do that
0: excellent right, right. so if everyone is ready to do some military news yeah let's do it What's up, boogies 135 50 angels e340 okay Right. I shall jump on with the first one then. We've got a story from let me just get my camera back in there. There we go. That's back in shot. Uh, story from theaviationist.com and the A10 demo team introduces a new pilot and paint scheme for the 2023 air show season. Hopefully, they'll get these at Jersey, Nev. Uh, the annual Heritage Flight Training course at Davis Montland Air Force Base drew to a close last week, and the US Air Force's A10C Thunderbolt 2 demonstration team announced the new commander and pilot for the 2023 Air Show season captain Lindsay mad johnson took the reins of the team for major hayden gate of fulham who led it for the 2021 2022 air show season uh, captain johnson is also the third female air force demonstration pilot this year following captain amy rebel fielder of the f-16 viper demo team it' seen those guys the viper demo team are awesome and the thunderbirds uh, Uh, number four, Major Lauren Shittling. Uh, Before being named the team commander, Captain Johnson was an instructor, pilot, and flight commander assigned to the 357th Fighter Squadron at Davis-Monthan Air Force Base in Arizona and previously served in Texas and Korea. As a veteran instructor, she has amassed over 1,250 flight hours, including 431 combat flight hours in support of both Operation and Freedom and Sentinel and the Resolute Support Mission. am going to pop a picture on the screen there for those of you watching in the world of YouTube. There we go. Uh, after speaking about tributes to the past and one of the three A-10s assigned to the demonstration team, uh, which received a new heritage paint scheme, as the team explained on a Facebook post, in an effort to pay homage to the work of the B-17F, Memphis Bell. Uh, they did during World War II. The 355th uh, Tactical Fighter Wing nicknamed one of their F-105s, the Memphis Bell II. Uh, the Memphis Bell II was assigned uh, to the 357th Tactical Fighter Squadron and is credited with two air-to-air kills back in 1967. Since the team's aircraft are assigned to the 357th Fighter Squadron, it was decided to nickname the tail number 78 dash zero six five one or memphis bell three as the memphis bell two the a10 has been painted in the vietnam era southeast asia camouflage and those of you watching on there will see the a10 remember these guys when they were um based over here in the uk at rf bentwaters back in the day uh, which is uh, a, a base local to us or local to me here uh nev where they had the a10s based and where oh, yeah. attended remember attending many a uh, uh family uh funk or family day air diet bent waters and seeing the a10s um park you know parked up you could go up and poke them and prod them and everything no one cared back then nice. so, so nev do you want to well, take the next I was one? say with uh, nick might like to forget
1: this next time perhaps go if, on nick uh,
0: if sure thing
2: Okay, so this one's from popularmechanics.com. The US Air Force may be ditching its aging U-2 spy plane in favour of a mysterious drone. I'm not sure we like the idea of that. Uh, So the U-2 is heading for retirement by 2026 due to budget concerns, according to a new report. While no replacement for the iconic U-2 Dragon Lady has officially been named, one likely candidate is the classified Northrop Grumman RQ-180 stealth drone, about which little is known. The Air Force recently released its latest budget proposal, which includes plans to cut 310 aircraft, but notably does not mention the U-2. However, Aviation Week reported that the Dragon Lady is on the way out due to cost considerations. The service also plans to get rid of the remaining RQ 4 Global Hawk drones. The RQ 180 reportedly looks similar to the flying wing shape of the B 2 stealth bomber, which Northrop Grumman also built. The 172 foot long drone is supposedly fully operational at Beale Air Force Base in Northern California. The Air Force currently has 27 U 2 frames even though they're showing their age. The U.S. first developed the reconnaissance aircraft in the 1950s, and it's capable of flying at extremely high altitudes up to 70,000 feet, which allows it to gather intelligence without being detected by ground-based radar. The U-2 has undergone several upgrades and modernizations over the years, including the installation of new avionics like digital displays and improved radar, which have made the aircraft more reliable and easier to operate it's also gotten upgraded sensors including electro optical and infrared sensors which have improved the, the aircraft's ability to collect intelligence so yeah it's i mean you you, you have to wonder with um, the 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 running costs of a, of an aircraft like the u2 uh, it's, it's sort of easy to see why it could get replaced by a drone yeah <laughs> It's not a popular decision,
0: is it? Let's be honest. No, we need to ask Jonathan Warner that. I'm sure he'd give us a, a reply to that. Is he in the chat room? Is he in the chat room tonight? Well, I can't see him in there. I haven't seen him so far. No, no. no.
2: So I did, I did watch. A, it was an interesting YouTube video, actually, about the B two, which I mean, it's somewhat related. Uh, and it was talking about what the, the hourly cost was of operating one of those aircraft. I can't remember what the figure was, but it was absolutely astronomical. Um, so you know you have to imagine that the U2 is probably not too far behind it. So you can certainly see why there there could be some um, some drive to cut costs. I suppose.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Gosh. Nev, do you want me to take number four? Do you want me to take yes. four? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, aviationist.com for this one. And Slovakia has approved the transfer of 13 MiG-29s to the Ukraine. They must be happy. They're going to get some, finally get some decent aircraft. Uh, the ex-Slovak Air Force MiG-29 should be delivered in the next few weeks. Uh, Slovak Prime Minister. Uh, Edward Hughega Hü- announced on March. This, say that after a few whiskies. Announced on March the 17th uh, that the government of Slovakia has approved the transfer of 13 MiG-29 fighters to the Ukraine. Uh, the combat aircraft will be transferred within the next few weeks as part of a military aid provided by Slovakia to the Ukraine to defend itself. And the entire Europe against Russia. Uh, Ukraine has been asking for fighter jets to repel the Russian forces since the beginning of the war last year. And on the March 16th, the Polish President Andrzej Duda confirmed that the first four Polish. Air Force MiG-29s are going to be transferred to Ukraine within four to six weeks. Slovakia has now joined Poland, becoming the first two countries to officially commit to delivering Soviet-era MiG-29 Fulcrum combat aircraft to Kyiv. The donation of the MiGs to the Ukraine, and that's the the word there, isn't it, donate them, because that's, um, you know, they have to be correct. They can't uh, be, you know, sold or anything like that. Uh, The Ukraine is a matter that has been long in the works. In April 2022, Slovak Prime Minister Eduard Huger said his country could send MiG-29 jets to Ukraine, but didn't uh, elaborate. Uh, Later in early July, he said Slovakia could send its uh, MiG-29 fighter jets and tanks to Ukraine, but again, the transfer did not occur. On February the 9th this year he promised that the Slovak authorities would do everything possible to hand over fighter jets to Ukraine. In the end, he kept his promise. It's not clear how long it will take to uh, make those uh, aircraft airworthy again and whether any modification will be needed and to induct them into service with the Ukrainian Air Force. However, what's certain is that the Ukraine pilots will need no additional training to fly these fighters. And considering the fulcrums are already being used by the Ukrainian Air Force in various roles, including the SEAD, or Suppression of Enemy Air Defenses. And thanks to the integration of the AGM-88 HARM, or the high-speed anti-radiation missile as well. And um, yeah, in the latest development of this, actually, the Ukraine Situation Report um, the uh, uh, of the Polish uh, Mid-29 Fulcrum jets being delivered to the Ukraine. The Polish president has confirmed that the first four examples will be handed over to Kiev within the next few days. More MiGs will be transferred to Ukraine after that, and Polish President Andrzej Duda said that uh, adding to the rest are uh, going to be prepared for service, according to a report, the CNN. Uh, They said the number of MiGs, or total number of MiGs, to be transferred is between 11 and 19. Uh, The loss of a significant portion of the Polish mig 29 fleet would not necessarily seriously impact the overall capabilities, and especially with South Korea made FA-50 Fighting Eagle light combat aircraft due to arrive in Poland this summer. Looking further ahead, a more direct replacement for the MiG-29 will join the Polish Air Force in the shape of the F-35A stealth fighter. So, we're we're obviously not going to give many of ours. Um that's obviously not going to happen, is it? It
1: it's it's going to go on for a while this, isn't it? Mm. Right. So, Um, Anyway, um, yes, just over on the warbirdnews.com aviation site, this is quite an interesting story, I thought. Uh, It says that it's Newark Air Museum's Golden Jubilee event. Not Newark in the US, but the other one. Uh, On the 14th of April this year, the Newark Air Museum, (NAM) in Nottinghamshire in the UK, will have been officially open to the public for 50 years. To celebrate this Golden Jubilee anniversary, NAM is hosting a special two day event on the weekend of the 15th and 16th of April at its site in eastern Nottinghamshire. Various themes will be marked during the event to recognise both NAM's past achievements and also with an eye to the future developments and associations. One particular aim is to try and get as many people as possible to attend these celebrations. Who were at the official opening back in 1973, NAM already has a number of people amongst its membership who fit that profile but the museum trustees are keen to make contact with any members of the public who were there in 73. The official opening in that year was marked with the release of a special first day cover copies of which were flown across the local area in various aircraft. If anyone attends the Golden Jubilee event with an original first day cover they will be allowed free admission to the museum celebrations. Well, looking to the future, the event will be the first time that NAM has hosted a display from the Air and Space Institute in Newark, uh, who will be present on both days and who are creating exciting opportunities within aviation. Final prepar- uh, preparations for the event are still being refined, but NAM volunteers will have lots of open cockpits available for uh, visitors to look at, along with visiting displays and some possible celebrity appearances i've not been asked to attend yet uh, plus an outdoor aero boot aviation cell will be running on both days and be a good opportunity to grab some aviation bargains um now carlos i think you need to read this next story because <laughs> it's all about malta
0: Oh, Nev, you caught me in here. I've got to pop the camera on there. There we go. Yeah, this uh, this is all about the museum over in Malta. And for those of you who uh, haven't been um, over to this museum over in Malta at Takali Airfield, it is, a, honestly, it is such a good museum, really, really well put together loads of great exhibits on on, uh, display there. But uh, this comes from warbirdsnews.com. It's about the Messerschmitt BF 109. I'm gonna put the picture uh, on the screen for those of you who are watching in the world of YouTube. There we go, pop the picture on the screen there. And uh, the island of Malta suffered terribly during the first three years of World War II, its people withstanding a most impenetrable maritime blockade and near constant aerial attack from Axis forces trying to pulverise their spirit into submission. But with the help of allies, uh, the Nash uh, nation endured, even so uh, that constant enemy onslaught left the island littered with many military debris. Of both Axis and Allied uh, origin. Uh, There was little time during the war to dispose of the wreckage in an orderly fashion so much of it was simply pushed into convenient holes or even bomb craters and covered up. Eight decades on some of the war uh, bits or uh, bits of uh, scrap is still resurfacing and has happened or this has happened recently with the discovery in late February this year of the substantial, uh, substantial remains of a Messerschmitt Bf 109. Uh, its battered port wing and fuselage preserved so well that much of the Luftwaffe's fighting or fighters' original paintwork uh, still survives. Uh, an excavation crew discovered uh, the treasure trove of aircraft parts as they prepared some land at a residence in St Vincent de Paul for construction projects. The Malta Aviation Museum received a call and gained official permission to recover the remains, which they did with great success. The aft fuselage and much of the port wing were in most substantial elements collected. Amazingly, the museum was, uh, has uh, been able to discover the aircraft's actual identity, or work number, uh, painted recognizably at the wing root bulkhead. It reads simply as WNR 8668. The Malta Aviation Museum is well known for its fine collection of aircraft, some of which are airworthy. In correspondence with the museum, one of their key personnel, David Polidano, met him, he's a very nice chap, he is, informed us that the wreck is in such good condition that they have chosen to conserve and preserve it for display, more or less as it is, rather than to perform any restorative work. To the uh, to the uh, aircraft, to the author's mind, this seems the most sensible path to follow. Given that anything more radical could essentially erase the details which make the wreck such a compelling artifact. Now, I'm going to pop that on the screen again quickly there, uh, to sort of, for you to see. But um, why can't I find one of these in my back garden? Gosh, look at Just, uh, that! Just you know,
2: mm. I reckon they'll have that flying by the end of the year
0: you'd be surprised, uh, Nick. I have my teeth worse. They've got um, they've got a, a, a really good collection of aircraft there. They've also got a little um, uh, what is it? Is it the Cessna, um, Cessna? Cessna? What's the little tiny little Cessna? Oh, I try to think the name of it now me and nev saw it at the air show a few years back you know oh, the, the one uh, that barely looks like it's moving through the sky it's so yes. it flies at about 10 knots or something ridiculous <laughs>
1: like sure that our chat room will help us with that in just a second yes
0: it's it was used as a um, like a reconnaissance aircraft mm. cessna something but bir- uh, a bird dog that's the one bird, dog that's, bird dog that's the one yeah they've got one of those there that's actually um flying um and they've also got um, a DC3 in the hangar there as well. Mustang, Spitfire. They've they've got um, quite quite an array of stuff there. And the museum is really cheap to get into as well. Really cheap to get into. So yeah. well worth a visit if you are going on holiday this year to uh, my what I'd like to call my second home of Malta. It is well worth uh, well worth a look. Any any no- notable um, museums Nev on your travels around? Um, either the UK or Europe that you've been to, where you've thought, that's good.
1: Yes, uh, there have been, but I I just don't get a chance to go and see them. That's the the problem, because uh, there's just not enough time. There's certainly uh, a couple of aviation museums in Sweden that I'd like to go back to, that I have visited uh, previously. Um, But, yeah, there's just never enough time to to do this stuff. So for me to make an extra day available and take a day off in order to, to, to see some of this but um no there's still some fascinating stuff around uh, i must say but um uh, maybe I, I should go to the malta aviation museum uh, maybe I should take uh, take a ryanair flight <laughs> maybe that should be my flight although that's, that's a good a bit idea long. that's a bit long isn't it three maybe. hours <laughs> <laughs> it's, only, it's only three <laughs> hours well, i think perhaps <laughs> luton to edinburgh maybe instead 55 minutes
0: should we just uh, should we just Give Ryan Air a call and just say, "Can you just um, do a, a high-speed taxi run from one end of the runway to the other, and yeah. then taxi back?" That's just <laughs> for them. What, what about you, Nick? Any uh, museums that you've been to, either in the UK or or somewhere else, that you've thought, "You know, this is top top-notch."
2: Well, the closest one for me is is Yeogleton. so that's uh, that's about an hour up the road from me. Uh, that's well worth a visit if you're in the southwest. Um, quite a bit of uh, helicopter stuff there, because it's not far from Yeovil, which, of course, is the, the home of, of Leonardo, formerly Westlands. Um, but it's also... Uh, so they... Um, so they do a lot of uh, training for um, carrier landings there, and they they actually tie up with Henstridge Airfield, which is um, not that far away where, where they also do um, practice... Um, Carrier landings, and they've actually got, uh, or I think you used to have, the capability to have an arrestor wire there. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's there's some good stuff there. They they do have a, a big air show there once a year, which I would like to try and get to at some point.
0: Perhaps we need to um, need to ask our, our our PTUK family, all the listeners, if there's a particular museum that you've been to that you've attended, and it is you know top-notch stuff you need to uh, tell everyone to go there send us an email let us know details on our email address at the end of the show but yeah send us an email and let us know where it is and um yeah we'll uh, we'll we'll have a little chat about it on the show we i mean we're we're lucky as will know that we've got a, a quite a, a substantial museum literally on my it's literally just over there barely yeah. one mile that way um, with lots of static aircraft outside the Flixton Aviation Museum um, which bizarrely enough believe it or not guys and girls is absolutely free to get into doesn't cost a penny and they've got tons of static aircraft on display there but it's worth a looking up Flixton Aviation Museum if you've got the old Googles on uh, open now on your web browser it's worth a look they've got some great stuff on display there but um, perhaps what we should do for your inaugural Ryanair flight, is we should um, pick an aviation museum somewhere in Europe, and we'll we'll just book a flight and go.
1: Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds good. Yep, happy with
0: that. <laughs> we'll document the whole trip mm. as a, as an NP. We'll we'll do a whole NPE segment from the airport. Through to the boarding process and the whole flight, especially this is show. Ryanair, is it right? It'll be Ryanair, Nev. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. What well, have you let yourself in for?
2: <laughs> so, this now that this is happening, and obviously Matt's doing his skydive, you know, we're oh, oh, yeah. really lining them up now, aren't we? Yeah,
1: that's a good point. I'd almost forgotten about that. I'm sure he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll, oh
0: we'll, well we'll 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 do some research on that we'll have a good thing if perhaps if uh like i said if you listeners are, have got any ideas of a of a good museum in in europe that's success accessible uh via via orion air flight that we can go uh and you know for, you know one of those 1999 flights so nev will literally just be able to carry his glasses case and that's it with yeah. Um, we'll uh, we'll have to think about that. will doubt. Sensing. I wonder if those
1: 1999 flights still exist. I've not really done any uh, research recently on that, but do you, uh, do you know what? You should do some
0: research, Nev, because when you see these offers on the on the, you get the emails come through on the on your email thing, that and you see them on telly, and you see hmm. the you know flights 29.99 and stuff. Yeah, you try and find one. Try and find <laughs> one. Yes. Hmm. So nick as you're here um you've probably you've not got the show notes open in front of you have you at all i i have got them oh you have open. got yeah. them nick yeah. while you're here i i think you should uh do the uh social media links to the show where can people find out about us and uh Goodness. where can they see nice. us right
2: so <laughs> drop him in a we've in. got uh, so well as as carlos and never mentioning i've been sort of doing a bit of bit of background work for the show and just helping with with editing some of the stories and stuff so if anybody does have any stories that they want to send in they can send them to podcast at plain talking um you can in fact even send them directly to me although i haven't got my email quite set up yet but that's nick n-i-k at plain talking uh, the website of course is plain talking um social medias so I guess Facebook is facebook.com forward slash plain talking UK I think and then of course we have the WhatsApp number uh, plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six did I get everything youtube.com forward slash plain talking UK. I think that's all of them you get yeah
0: <laughs> and uh don't forget as well on the website uh you've got the shop on there where you can treat yourself to uh one of our glorious grey mugs. Uh, which uh, I think uh, hopefully the one that we posted out last week has reached reached its uh, its owner, hopefully. Uh, there's also the T-shirts in there as well, which uh, actually, Nick, we've got we've got, uh, got your T-shirt and, and your shirt on order. Don't panic. It'll be, be with you soon, hopefully. Looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, take yourselves over there to the social medias. And also, don't forget as well, the links are on the website uh, to become a patron of the show, uh, or if you want to make a small donation to the show, you uh, can via the links on our website all helps to push the show along and uh, just as a note in case you uh, haven 't got access to Facebook or you uh, you haven 't uh, seen the uh, the info that we put on our page, uh, just to let you know we are going to be attending. Uh, this year the Cosford Air Show is going to be our first time at the Cosford Air Show Uh, me, Matt and Nev are going to be there and hopefully Nick if you can join us as well that'd be good to see you there, uh, will be there at the Cosford Air Show on the 11th of June this year uh, as I said, it's our first visit there. We've not been to the Cosford Air Show before. It's, um, it's quite a big air show here in the UK at RAF Cosford, uh, organised by the Royal Air Force as well. So it uh, should be hopefully a great show as well. Uh, we've got the Wings and Wheels Show, which is at the City of Norwich Aviation Museum. That's on the 9th of July this year. Uh, we're going to be going, returning to the home of our 100th show for this meetup. We're going to hopefully see some of you guys and girls there at uh, Norwich. And uh, it's uh, obviously they've got the Vulcan, they've got a Nimrod there as well, which you can go on board. You can go on board the Vulcan there as well, like we did for our 100th show. And they've also got a lot of static display aircraft on there and the museum itself is right on the site of Norwich, uh, uh, Norwich <coughs> International Airport. So there's uh, loads of stuff going on there during the day. It's, uh, it's hopefully it'll be a good day. So that's the 9th of July, put that one in your diary. If you can make your way over to the east of England here where uh, me and Matt are. Uh, me and Nev uh, are going to be at the Jersey Air Show on the 14th of September this year. Uh, we're going to be returning to the lovely island of Jersey for our second time to cover all the action there at the Jersey Air Show. So hopefully uh, you guys and girls can make it over there. we'd be lovely to see you over there if you can get over there. It's a very nice part of the country. And as Nev said earlier in the show, it's, uh, he's been back there again. Like he's, he's joined himself over there. It's sort of a bit like Bergerac, Nev, with the old car and all that. You well, know. yeah. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a, a bit of a meet-up this year. Our PTUK 2 k meetup. Um, we're going to be doing that and holding that at the uh, Duxford Battle of Britain air display. That's going to be on the 17th of September this year. Uh, so pop that in your diary, 17th of September. That's a Battle of the Duxford Br- uh, Duxford uh, air show Battle of Britain uh, display. Uh, that's going to be our big summer meetup and a chance uh, to meet up with all you guys and girls there as well. I know we had uh, we had a meetup there a few years back, didn't we, Nev? And it was very popular.
1: Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? A few mm. people flew in as well for the, uh. Yes. Occasion, uh, which was great. So, uh, yeah, um, all weather dependent, of course, for the flying's, but um, uh, well, the museums will be open anyway, regardless of the weather. But it's always nicer when the, the weather is nice, which is why we're going to be doing it later in the year when things have perked up. But, and of course, uh, in the UK, at least, and I think um, most of Europe, the clocks go forward <gasps> this weekend as well. So, this weekend, getting, getting a bit more light in the evenings, although slightly darker in the morning, briefly. But yeah. Yeah. We'll So we hope to look
0: forward and hope uh, that uh, some of you can make it uh, to some of those shows that we'll be attending. It'll be great to see as many of you there as we can. And as we said, the uh, Duxford uh, display will hopefully be our our PTUK meet up for this year. But we might also do some other little bits and pieces during the year. So make sure you keep your eyes on our social media uh, bits and bobs as well. So, Nev, do you want to... uh, Let us know what you're up to next week. What's going on in the world Uh, of NEV?
1: No flying, sadly. Uh, Actually, I'm quite glad about it, in a sense. Um, We don't want any more police activity, do we? Um, So what am I doing? I'm going to Leeds and York on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Then I've got uh, some meetings in London on Wednesday. Then I'm going to the Tate Modern on Thursday in London. Not because I'm, I'm in need of high levels of culture, although some people might say that I I am in need of that. Uh, We've got one of our uh, customers that's down there, so I'm looking forward to going and seeing him. And then it'll be Friday again. So uh, yeah, just lots of uh, driving up and down the uh, arteries of the United Kingdom this week.
0: You'll be back in the air sooner, Nev. Uh,
1: Yes, uh, next flying is booked for the 27th of April. Up to Edinburgh for an event that I'm oh. doing up there. Yeah. You do like flying
0: up to Edinburgh, Nev. I have noticed.
1: I yeah, I i be interested to work out how many flights I've actually done to Edinburgh uh, since I started, not just this job but in previous jobs as well. It's probably more than a hundred, I would oh, say. Blimey. Wow, I'm guessing, yeah, over the last you know thirty years.
0: And Ed- Edinburgh Airport, Nev, marks out of ten.
1: Well, it, it is a good airport. I mean, as usual, they've, uh, they're expanding it a lot. And there's always you know, a bit of congestion here and there. But I mean, considering the number of flights that it actually handles now, and there's a little bit of US flying starting to go on. I think there's some United stuff going to Newark directly now as well. Um, one airport that they've just never made the most of, considering how much the size of runway and, and, and what have you, is Prestwick Airport. On the west coast there um, and it's really it's one of the few airports that um never get sort of fogged in or anything it's just got very good uh, climate there so um and considering it's such a long runway um but you know it tends to be used for the short haul stuff. Um, but it has the potential for doing a lot more, I think. Um, a lot more of the, the biggest stuff is going out of Glasgow these days as well. Um, but uh, no, Edinburgh is a very good uh, airport to navigate your way through, um, as long as it's all going OK. I mean, during the um the strikes that the the, um baggage handler strikes and all the rest of it that we had a few months ago there were people queuing outside and it wasn't wasn't a great experience but um yeah actually the 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 security part of it going through i think i'm sure there's some sort of competition with the security boys and girls there to see how quickly they can get you through the system because (laughs) although it's busy they just It feels like you're in one of those bullet trains in in Japan, you know, you're being shoved on and then, you know, moved out the other side. I'm not complaining about that, by the way, because I I like that (laughs) kind of thing. But um, no, it's it's a very efficient operation, I must say. But it is very busy these days. Um, I remember going there, of course, it was in May of 2020. So we just finished the first bit of the lockdowns. And I did a sort of bit of a test flight to Edinburgh. Oh, remember. I remember that, now. Um, and the only thing that was open was WH Smith. Nothing else was open at all. Um, and I went to meet my boss there for a, a coffee. I mm. said, I'm going to have to come outside. There's nowhere in the, <laughs> the terminal that's open that you can come for a coffee. Uh, so we went outside to the local uh, Starbucks, I think it was. But mm. uh, yeah, it was, that, was, uh, that was amazing. And that was the same time, if you remember, when I was walking around T5 at, at Heathrow uh completely empty just a very weird experience um and the first time i'd ever worn a face mask uh in public
0: very strange
1: to wear one around the house but that's another story oh. but perhaps that's just the visual thing
0: <laughs> so nick what's going on with you uh next week anything exciting
2: no i shouldn't think so um i <laughs> I've—I'm <laughs> I've, uh, I'm actually uh, changing jobs soon, so I'm in this sort of weird limbo at the moment where I'm—I'm I'm kind of finishing off stuff and and handing it over. And uh, oh, I hope yeah. it's an
0: aviation-related job, Nick.
2: Sa- sadly, not. Oh, okay, uh, oh. but uh, yeah, um, maybe one day. <laughs> but, uh, no, it'll be—it'll be another quiet one for me, I think. Yeah.
0: Oh. Well, I'm off next week. I've got a week off. A week nice. away from work. We're going away to sunny... Nor- well, I say sunny. I use those, that word loosely. Sunny uh, North Norfolk next week for a few days. So that will be quite nice. Um, so we're going to have a few days away. And, uh, yeah, should be nice to have a week week off of relaxing. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. No lanes, though. I haven't done a lane for so many years. i forgot what lanes are these days. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Where is uh, where, Do you want to bring the show to a close, Nev? I'm going to start to do all the bits that Matt normally does at this end of the show, so uh, we'll hand yes. it over to Nev to, uh, to lead us out for
1: the... Yes, well, thanks very much indeed, everybody, for joining us this week. It's been an uh, absolute pleasure bringing a lot of stories to you, actually. There's an awful lot of stuff there. Um, Matt was not on the show this week, uh, but he'll be back hopefully next week as well. Nick, thank you very much indeed for stepping in at uh, short notice. Thanks, Nick pleasure <laughs> and more importantly thank you very much for your assistance as well because with uh, john being so busy in his world and we're all busy we just need a bit more assistance these days with a bit of the production of the show so nick has very kindly offered to help us from time to time as well which has been great meanwhile i hope you have a great week thank you very much indeed for joining us and we'll see you all same time next week
0: bye everyone bye.